0: And as I was thinking about the series, you know, this series just kind of flows really well right now as we go into that spring fling, as we go into May 7th, because this question is at the forefront of a lot of people's minds when it comes to what's happening in the Methodist Church, what's next? When it comes to our move that's happening on Williams Road, what's next? Like, all that. There's a lot going on here, okay? So, this is great for us as a church, but also personally speaking. The reason that this series is so important... It's because, very simply, this is the question I get the most as a pastor. How do I know what God wants for me next? Like, preacher, what do you think God's will is? What do you think I should do? What do you think God wants me to do? I have this important decision that I need to make right now, and I don't want to blow it. And this is important because, honestly, the decisions that we make they don't just affect us, right? They they affect everybody around us. They affect the people that we're closest to, the ones that we love. And so that really when it comes to these decisions, like I don't even like deciding where the family's gonna eat dinner. At night, right? Like I don't don't make me decide. Y'all just tell me where. Like when it comes to those simple decisions, we don't like some of those decisions. Much less those big ones in life that really is going to make an impact. And this decision that I have in front of me, it, it's it's big for my family. It, it's also I want to make sure that I make the right decision as it pertains to the church. I want to make sure that I make the right decision when it comes to God and knowing God's will. So preacher, like what what do I do? Because this isn't. This question is not always easy to figure out. And this struggle is something that we all have. Even if, you don't, if you're not asking this question right now, you will one day. And you know what? This question, not only does it impact us right here, right now, everybody in this room... But it's also had a big impact on those huge biblical characters. You know, sometimes we, we look at those people in Scripture and we kind of build them up to this level to where, like, nothing impacted them, nothing bothered them. They were just like these huge spiritual giants that never had to deal with the stuff that we have to deal with, and that's not true. In the book of James, I mean, he says Elijah. They got one of the greatest prophets. He's like, Elijah was just a man. He was just like us. They still struggled with everything that we struggle with. And when you read the Bible, if you read on your own, you'll find out that this is a big question for a lot of them. In fact, I wanted to share with you just an example. And one of those is Gideon. Do y'all remember Gideon? Actually, I'm reading through the book of Judges right now. And I came across this story and I was like, oh, this would be a great one to kind of illustrate. He's the one... For those of y'all that may remember Gideon, he, he was a mighty warrior that led the Israelites into battle. Had one of those most famous victories that we, that, that is well-known that everybody talks about. He was the one, just in case you're struggling to figure out which one Gideon was. He was the one that had every, all the troops go to the stream, and they bent down to drink. And those that cupped with their hands, those are the ones that he chose to go into battle. Is that does that kind of ring a bell? And he took 300 men into battle against thousands and thousands and thousands of Midianites and God gave them this big victory. It's a crazy story. But before all of that, before he was a general, like, like before he confidently led all those men into battle, he, he struggled with this, just like we all He struggled with this, just like we all do. In fact, I want to share two times where he had that moment of asking God, "God, is this really what you want me to do next?" The first time is when the angel appeared to him, and the angel showed up in Gideon's hiding because he's scared of the Midianites, and the angel shows up and calls him a mighty warrior, and lays out this plan. For Gideon. And Gideon was very confused about this because he was not a very impressive person. And he knew this, and he even argued with the angel a little bit. Like, you should know this about my, you know, my family's not that big of a deal. I'm not a bit, why are you asking me this? So he asks the angel something. Here's what he says in Judges 6: He says, if you are pleased with me, give me a special sign. Give me. This way I'll know that this is what you want me to do next, okay? Give me that special sign. Please don't go away until I come back. I'll bring my offering, and I'm going to set it down in front of you. So he goes home, and what he does to get this offering, he he fixes some meat, and he fixes some soup, and he brings it back to the angel. And the angel tells him, hey, set it on this rock. And when he does, it kind of forms like this little altar area. And the angel takes his walking stick and points it towards the food, and the food miraculously burnt up. And Gideon looked at this and he was like, oh my goodness. Now I am sure that this is what you want me to do next. Like now I know for real, this is what God, God's plan is for me to be this mighty warrior. Now the second time he faced this question is when he gathered all the troops together. He's living into this What's next plan of being a mighty warrior? Grabs everybody together. And as he's getting ready to face the Midianites, he still struggles with this question. Is it now? Like, is this the time? Do we need to go to battle right now? So he does this. This is one of the most famous stories. Even if you haven't read the Bible, you probably have heard this story somewhere down the line. So he goes to God, asking him, is this really what you want me to do next? He says this. He says, you promised That you would use me to save Israel. So please do something special for me. Like I understand what the angel said. I understand what you think I'm supposed to do, right? But I need to know, is it now? Like is this what's supposed to happen right here, right now? So what I'm going to do is I'm going to put a piece of... I'll put a piece of wool on the threshing floor. And then suppose dew is only on the wool tomorrow morning. And suppose the ground all around it is dry. Then I'll know. Then I will know that you're going to use me to save Israel. So he's like, when it comes to what's next, like I understand what I'm supposed to be doing, but is it now? Like, is this what you want? So here's my test. And God miraculously does this. But Gideon is still not convinced. And so he asks again. And what's great about this is that he knows he's pressing his luck with God. So the second time he says this. He says, don't be angry with me. Please don't be angry with me. But let me ask you for just one more thing. One more time. Let me use wool for one more test. But this time make the wool dry and let the ground be covered with dew. And God did it. And then Gideon knew, this is what God, was, this is what God wants for me next. And these decisions that Gideon made would shape the stories that he would tell that would be told about him for generations to come. Now, when it comes to this story, I'll pull this out because this was in my reading this past week. We could go a lot of different directions when it comes to this story. Like, should we or should we not test God? It's probably not a great thing to do. Like, whether or not we should just trust that God is going to do what God says he's going to do. What I wanted to do for right here, right now, just sharing this story with you, is I just want you to see everybody struggles with this. Even those biblical heroes. When it comes to answering that question, what's next? And you know what? It would be nice for us, wouldn't it? If I could lay out some food out on the countertop and say, God, if you light this on fire, it'll freak me out but I'll know this is what I'm supposed to do next. Or we take a towel out in the driveway, right, and we lay it out in the driveway, and we're like, God, if it's wet tomorrow and everything else is dry, I'll know, and vice versa. You know, that would be great. But that's not how it works. That's not the examples we see most of the time in Scripture. And even if God did do that, there would be no element of faith that we would have to have, right? The truth is, though, the decisions we have to make are important. Now, we, it may not be as important. We may not feel like it's as important as Gideon leading troops into battle. But they're still just as important for us. Like, we may not be leading an army, but I'm leading my family into uncertainties that are ahead, right? Or, or maybe I'm being asked to lead a new division at work. These decisions are Important. So let me go back to something I said earlier. Craig Groeschel puts it this way, and, and I love, I'm, I'm sharing with you some of the things I learned in his book, but he says this. He says, the decisions we make today determine the stories that we tell tomorrow. I love that. Those decisions, they're important. The decisions you make today will determine the stories you tell tomorrow. In fact, let, let me put it to you this way. Who are you? Like, you know the biblical answer to that. I am, I am a child of God. I was created by God to serve Him. Yes, that is correct, but... You are also a result of the decisions that you have made in the past, right? Those decisions that you have made have led you to this moment, to this place. And if that's true, then let me ask you this question. Who are you going to become, right? What's going to happen in the future? And for the most part, it's the same thing. The decisions you make right here, right now, will determine your future. And here's the problem. Let's be honest. Many of us... We're not always great at making decisions, are we? I think most of us would agree with this. And I don't know if you know this about me, but I tend to be an emotional person. Shocker, I know, right? But I'll be honest, and I will admit to you that I have made some pretty big decisions on life, not based on the merits, not based on logic, not based on information, not based on God's will, but just strictly out of emotion. And it wasn't good. Anybody else here ever made a very permanent decision based on a very temporary emotion? Let me see. Raise your hands if you've ever done that. Yes. Yes. And then once that emotion has kind of passed... You're looking at us and you're like, oh, man, I shouldn't have done that. I probably shouldn't have said that. I probably shouldn't have signed that. I probably shouldn't have purchased that. So now that I'm a little older, a little bit more mature, I have this new rule. I have a 24-hour rule when it comes to big decisions. I don't make big decisions for a day. So when it comes to those moments where you got to sign up right now to get this deal, nope, it's not happening. I am a rock. If you got a deal that's going to inspire, you got to tell me now and then wait for my answer tomorrow. Why? Because I've learned these decisions shape the stories that I'm going to tell. And I've had some regrets. And maybe you're the same. Maybe you feel the same. And I don't know what you might regret. Maybe you regret the decision to date this person or that person. You're thinking, man, I wish I could go back and change things. Maybe you regret a big purchase. You're thinking, man, I wish I hadn't done that. Wish I hadn't bought that. Maybe you're regretting that decision that you made when you were at the family picnic and you yelled out at everybody, hey, everybody, watch this. (laughs) Usually, 99.9% of the time, what comes next is something we regret, right? Point is this. We all know what it's like to regret the decisions we make. And and making decisions is harder now than ever before because there's so many options. There's so many choices out there, right? And you you know, that, understand, you know how difficult it is to, to make decisions if you've ever just tried to pick out a movie on Netflix. I have spent more time trying to pick out a movie than actually watching a movie because there's so many different options. All the point, there's a point to all this. We struggle. We struggle with this question. And instead of making an imperfect decision, sometimes we make a no decision, and sometimes that's even worse. And some of y'all are facing some pretty big moments in your life right now. You know, some of you might be looking at graduation that's coming right around the corner. And you're like, what do I do next? Which school do I attend? What major do I pick? What's next? Some of you are dating and you're just like, I don't know if this is the right one. What's next? Some of you are contemplating a job move and you're wondering, should I risk it? Should I move? Should I not? What's next? Some of you are wondering if you should make a big purchase and it'd be great, but it'd come with a lot of debt. Like, what's next? Some of you are wondering if you should have another baby. One of you wants two, the other one wants to shoot to try to field enough for your own basketball team, right? Like, it's like, all over the board, what's next? What's next? You see, even with all the choices that we have, even though we struggle with this, I really believe that God wants to help us. God doesn't want to hide anything from us. He wants us to know his will for our lives if we would just ask him. And the reason I say this is because of James, the brother of Jesus, he writes this. He says, if any of you needs wisdom to know what you should do, well, you should ask God, and he'll give it to you. Just ask God. You know, sometimes we get so frustrated with people that just keep coming to us and asking us the same question. Or, you know, you look at your phone, and they're calling again, you're like, oh, not right now. Not that I ever do that to any of y'all. But, you know, you're just, you're just like, ah, oh, you know, and you're just struggling. You know, God isn't like that. God wants to help you with that decision. He wants to share His will with us. So over the next few weeks, what we're going to do is we're going to get very practical. And what I, today I just want to lay a good foundation. I want to try to answer a big question. When we're struggling with understanding what's next, what does God really care about? Like, what does God really care about? So, what I want to do is, I want to share with you two big thoughts, two really important ones to build upon when it comes to these big decisions we face. Okay, what does God really care about? Number one, if you got your message notes, um, we're going to fill in some blanks. Everybody online, you can access those on the Ridge app and fill out these blanks as well. Number one, I believe God cares about who before do. Okay, I believe God cares more about who. Before the du- when it comes to the will of God, God cares just as much about who you are than what you're gonna do next. Look at this next verse in First Thessalonians four three. It says this, God's will is for you to be holy. What's God's will for your life? Like, that that next promotion, to take that next job, to go to this next college. Does God want me to be a missionary in South America? You know, like, whoa, 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 whoa. Before we take that big leap, let's just step back for a minute. And let's start to build a good foundation here. And let's all understand, no matter where you are, no matter what you're contemplating next, God's will for you is to be holy. Now, what does holiness mean? That kind of makes it seem like, again, going back to the Bible, those biblical characters that we put way up there on a high shelf, right? Like, I can't be holy. Here's what that means. comes from the word agios. It means to be set apart. It just basically means to be different. So if you're a follower of Jesus, God wants your life to look different than everybody else's, right? And to be honest, you should expect this answer, Right? This is like the simple go-to church answer. And even though that this is simple to hear, it is so hard to decide to do. Because here's what we do. All of our decisions, mostly, if we're honest, most of our decisions are about fitting in. We just desire to be like everybody else. We just want what everybody else has. We just want to be like every or what we see on social media. And God's like, no, 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 no. You've got it wrong my will my will is for you to be different and what we're called to be different is to look more like Christ to follow after Jesus to become more like him in fact what's very interesting in the gospels when you read them is Jesus doesn't always just walk around telling people what they should do next I mean, when you think about it, he doesn't just walk around going, you know, you should marry that person. Or, you know, you should really buy that house. Or, you know, you should really take that next job. What Jesus talks about the most is who they are. What Jesus focuses on is their character. In fact, some of the only times Jesus talked about somebody's job is when he told them to leave their job and follow after him, right? Right? Why is that? Because being with Jesus and following Jesus and learning from Jesus, that's what's most important. So the question question people ask all the time is, what does God want me to do? Maybe, Maybe a better question for us right now is, what does God want me to become? Like, What is God's work doing in me? And here's why this is important. It's because if you start there, the who will eventually lead you to the right do. And the reason I say that is because when you're becoming more like God wants you to be, everything else becomes a little more clear, right? You know, I was thinking about this the other day. I've been in ministry um, since I graduated college. I was 22 when I f- took my first ministry position. This, this year, man, I'm, I'm coming up 24, 25 years on ministry, which is a long time. I really think, like, this is what I'm supposed to do, right? And I hope you agree with me. Like, this is, okay. Oh, oh, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. All right. That'd be really weird if y'all didn't do that. I don't know, preacher. (laughs) May want to go back and think about this again. No, no, no. But when it comes to being a preacher, being a preacher, honestly, is secondary to me. You see I think my primary objective in life is that God is more he's more interested in who I am right than what I do like he wants me to be holy I think his primary will is about I'm becoming in him what he wants me to be rather than what I do for a living let let me unpack this a little bit more right I could be a pastor and I could be living out the right do but not living into a good who and that would change everything. For example, if I was the, uh, preached a really good message, right, but then I, I walked outside and I was just awful to my children and I was just going off on people and then just out of nowhere I went and I pushed Stu down. I just pushed him down. Y'all be like, Jimmy, calm down. What are you doing? Some of y'all be like, you better run. Stu's getting up. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I would never do that. <laughs> but you know, that, that, that would be... I'm not really living into God's will like I should, like the who is broken. You see, the kicker is, and the reason this is important, is the more I work on becoming like Christ, the more, the more I'm in his word, the more I'm praying, the more I'm seeking after him and what he wants for me. Like, when, I am, when I'm worried about the who, the do will start to make sense, Right? It'll come a little bit more. So, so, So maybe you're facing that question like, should I date this person or not? Maybe the big question isn't who you date, but rather can you live with integrity right now while serving Jesus? Do what God wants you to do while you're dating, and then maybe the what's next will start to make sense. Should I take this promotion or take this new job? Honestly, be faithful where you are. Work on that who of where you are Then the what's next will start to make sense. Should I major? Some some of us are going into college. Should I major in art? Should I major in education? Whatever you major in, right? Focus on serving Jesus where you are, that your life is different, that you are holy, that you are setting yourself apart. The what's next will start to make more sense. Start with the who. Work to become more like Christ and see if the closer you draw To Christ, each step you take helps you discern what step you take next. That's generally how it works. The second big thing that we got to answer as we lay a foundation for this is God's will is why before what? His will is why before what? What does that mean? That means our motives matter to God. Okay? Why are we really asking this question? Like, what am I really after? Proverbs 16.2, I think this verse kind of explains it very well. Proverbs 16.2 says this. People may be pure in their own eyes. Pause right there. Man, we are so good at deceiving ourselves. Thinking one thing about, well, this is why I'm asking this. This is why I'm doing this. This is why I'm... Man, we are so good at deceiving ourselves. We may be pure in our own eyes. We may think everything's good, but if you dig down deeper, what's the real motivation? Because the Lord examines motives. And motives matter. For example, I may have a good friend that's really good at buttering me up. Do you know people like this? They butter you up before they ask you to do something, you know? So he comes up to me and he's like, man, last Sunday's message was great. And I'm like, thanks, man, I appreciate it. And you're just the best family man. I said, oh, man, that's great. And he's like, your shoes are kicking. I'm like, I know these are my new Easter shoes, right? And then he's like, well, you watch my cat next weekend. I'm like, what? <laughs> Have you not paid attention to any of my sermons? You know you know people like this. You're like, why are you being so nice to me? Why are you asking these things? Why are you saying this? And then it's goes, oh, now I see. Now I get it. Motives matter. It's the same thing with God. Why are we really asking this? Let me give you another good verse to consider. In fact, this is one that you should, that you should pray, maybe whenever you're struggling with what to do or you know, what God wants for you next. Look at this, Psalm 139. It says, search me, O God. Know my heart. Look inside of me. Know my heart and test my thoughts. And not only that, but while you're in there and while you're examining my heart and my thoughts, point out to me anything that you find that makes you sad. And lead me along the path of everlasting life. God, look at my heart, look at my thoughts, and help lead me. Lead me in the right direction. You know why this is so important? This is so important because it's scary to think sometimes how selfish I can be. Right? How impure my motives really are when it comes to certain things. And, and I'll just be honest with you. A lot of times when I'm asking questions or looking at what to do next, I am very me-centered instead of being Christ-centered. And I think that that is all something we struggle with. And that is that sinful, selfish nature that we are born into. And God knows this. And he wants to work on our heart. And this is why why matters so much to God. So sometimes we need to examine our hearts like why. Why am I really trying to decide on whether or not to make this big purchase? Is it because I need this or is it because I'm trying to make a statement? Why, why do I always need feel the need to compliment this person? Is it because I really enjoy them or because I want something from them? Why am I struggling about whether or not to post this or post that? Is it because I want to share what my family's doing or just... I just want everybody else to see how much better we are. You know, like those kind of questions, the next decision that we have to make when it comes to those big decisions, maybe it's good just to examine your heart and your mind and ask yourself, why? Why is this so important? What's the real motive here? You see, all this boils down to the fact that God cares so much about your heart and your character and who you are becoming in him. He wants, we talk about this all the time here at the Ridge because we want people to experience the Ridge. We want people to experience the love of Jesus Christ because we believe his love is what changes your life. And that's what we want. We want a changed life. That comes when our hearts are in the right place when we are actively pursuing a life with God, a life that is holy and set apart to be used by Him. He cares about this just as much as He cares about what you do next. He he cares about you personally and who you're becoming. In fact, let me close by giving you one of my favorite verses. This is a verse I live by. This hangs in my office. Um, Colossians 3.17, it says this, Whatever you say Or do. Stop right there. Whatever you say or do. Whether you're a cashier or you're actually running the store. Whether you're a student or you're the teacher. Whether you're in a cube or you're in the corner office. Whatever you do, you should do it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Whatever you choose. Whatever decision you make. Serve Jesus. Because when you serve Jesus right here, it'll help you get right there. Every decision matters. Whatever you do, whoever you're dating, wherever you live, whatever your job is, whatever your current status is in life, whatever you do, remember the who before the do is important. Remember the why before the what is important. And instead of looking to make that next big leap, maybe, maybe let's get our foundation secure first, make sure our motives are in the right place, make sure our heart is in the right place with who God wants us to be. Make sure we're living in Him right here. He'll help you get right there. Let's pray together, God. I just pray for everybody in here who came in today with a heavy heart because of a big question or a big decision that they're facing that needs to be made. God, there are so many, so many of us, so often, God, we struggle with what to do next. God, maybe the answer we're looking for isn't so much found in what to do, but maybe who we are. Maybe it's good today to start by looking at ourselves and working on ourselves and maybe serving and following and seeking like we should. Because, God, when we do that, we understand that we open ourselves to become more Christ-like. And when we are more Christ-like and we're following in, to your will, God, then we're more available to you. And we're more available to your plan and what you would have. So God, help us to really give everything we have for holiness, God. The lives that we have are just set apart for your glory. And we thank you, we thank you so much that you want to give us those answers. Maybe we just got to remember to come to you like we should, we're not always good at praying or spending time or even asking you, God, you want us to do that. But also, God, we've we got to be in the right frame of mind when we do it. So, God, as we leave here today, may, maybe we just hold on to Colossians 3 in our hearts, that everything we do or say, may it all, everything we do in life, may it all bring glory to your name. Because we understand, God, that the decisions we make today will determine the stories we tell tomorrow. And God, those stories... Yeah, we don't want it just to be about me. I don't want it to be about me. I want it to be about what you were able to do through little old me. Jesus, we love you. And we give you everything we have. It's in your name we pray all these things. Amen. Amen.